Welcome everybody to Into the Fryer Podcast, Ramblings from the Kitchen. This is Matt Hewitt. Oh, I'm very excited to get this episode started today. Um, couple things. Uh, fried tidbits. There's only a couple of little bits of information that need to be tidied up. And I, I <laughs> one is that the original location... I talked about, uh, pardon me, let me back up for a second, but on the last week's show, I talked about Hash House of Gogo and stopping there on my way home from Southern California, stopping in Vegas at the location on uh, Sahara, and I wasn't sure if that was the original location or not. But it turns out that the original location is the San Diego location. So, for those of you that want to know, the original location of Hash House Gogo is the San Diego location. And I believe the second location was the one that I dined at, uh, that I have dined at several times on Sahara, just west of the Strip. And there are a few other locations in Las Vegas. Okay, moving on. The other thing that I talked about at length was the short rib poutine at Tavern on Two. And I talked about Chuck Tail Flap. So Chuck Tail Flap comes from the short rib, uh, the short rib section of, of the Chuck in um, between ribs, uh, the, uh, that's going to be ribs one to five, you know, going from head to tail. Again, a delicious dish. If you guys are in Long Beach, Belmont Shore, look it up. Tavern on two. Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Um... And that is going to wrap up our ever so short, sweet, and tidy, tasty, however you want to say it, fried tidbits for this week. Stay tuned for my introduction of a good friend of mine. We're going to do, we did our first interview and I'm super, super stoked. It was really fun. I had some great laughs. Um... And I'll tell you all about that in just a moment. Oh, I think we have contact. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, Eric? Hey, Maddie, Maddie. (laughs) How you doing, buddy? I'm all right, man. I just uh, finished mowing the lawn. Oh, lovely. I, you know, I have to do that. uh, I have to do that later this afternoon. Very nice. Actually, I'll tell you all about it. (laughs) Cool. Um, but uh let's get into this thing so <laughs> you uh this is my first interview oh so cool i really don't know what i'm doing popping your interview cherry yeah 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 i'm losing my virginity to eric nice how about that <laughs> i feel honored well i i feel honored um so what's what's been happening man what are you doing these days uh you know just enjoying the summer the kids are back in school uh so we wrapped up. Uh, last, this was the first week back at school, so but we had a, we had a good summer. We went camping up at Kern River. Had a really good time. I cooked my first bluegill, which was interesting. Ooh, lovely! Yeah, not a lot of meat on a bluegill, <laughs> <laughs> and it was uh, it was not a popular past canape. Uh, my son was determined to try it. He he caught he was a fishing madman, and he he caught this pr- pretty good sized bluegill. And uh, he wanted to keep it. And I said, well, you got to eat it. And he's like, I will. So I brought it back and cleaned it and managed to get some fillets off of it and brushed a little mayonnaise on it and some lemon pepper and grilled it up. And uh, he took a bite. And uh, it wasn't bad. It had a really strange texture. It was. It, he said, my eight-year-old said, it, it reminds me of egg whites, but fishy egg whites. <laughs> that, is a, that is a little bit of a bizarre texture. Yeah. I, I only remember catching bluegill being a kid going up to Lake Havasu with my with my aunt and uncle and my cousins and bluegill was like 
that was just all that was around, like Black Meadows Landing at the time. There was nothing really else, or unless you were fishing for catfish or carp, and no one ever wanted to eat that crap. No, yeah. No, the, this, the recipe for carp is you take the carp, you wrap it in aluminum foil with potatoes and a can of tomatoes and garlic and some white wine, some fennel, and some pepper, and then you wrap it up real tight and you bake it for an hour at 325. And then you take it out, you unwrap it, and then you throw the carp away and you just eat the potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would probably work the best. That yeah. would probably work the best. <laughs> so, so being that uh, I haven't I haven't interviewed anybody yet, um, why don't you tell so you and I have known each other for how many years would you say? Uh eleven. 11 yeah and, i mean formally like we, we met at whole foods right yep yep uh, yeah that's the first time our, our paths crossed okay but um from our conversations you had said that kind of you you had heard about me or you had some friends that knew me we had we had a bunch of mutual friends is that right? yeah yeah exactly i mean uh i i heard on your last podcast you were back in the lbc and- yeah which is a pretty small community and, and very well back in the day, it was a very small culinary community. Um, so I was a, a young chef and uh, you worked at one of the better restaurants in, in Long Beach when you were working at Christie's. So I had, I had heard of you. So uh, I was pretty excited when you got hired uh, at Whole Foods to work with me. So, Oh, nice. Nice. That's awesome. That's very flattering. Um, I just, I just was, a, I, I, you know, it's funny. I look back on the, on the times and like how, uh, different stages of career have happened. And, and then you have like, you have like learning and then you achieve some success and then you teach really well. And then you get like, or for me anyway, it was out of control. And then, and then you just get smacked back down to earth by the universe and you're like, okay, time to start over. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it it happened. It happened. So tell me how long, how long collectively have you been in the restaurant business? Uh, Let's see. I got, I got hired uh, as a dishwasher bus boy, uh, 1987. So, or no, 86. So I've been in the restaurant industry for (laughs) a really long time. 32. That'd be 32. Yeah, don't make me do math. (laughs) Well, that's okay. We're, we're, we're <laughs> decent at that. It's part of our job, right? Part of the stuff that sure. we have to be, be adept at. Um, and how did you, so, so I imagine like 86, you're a few years, we're about the same age. I think you might be a couple years older. Yeah, than I'm, I think I'm five years older than you. Okay. So you graduated high school in like 88. So in 1986, you would have been like a sophomore in high yeah, school. Yeah, I graduated in 87. So I, yeah, 87. So, I, so junior yeah. in high school. Okay. So how did you, I mean, so making the jump from like being a busser and a dishwasher in high school to what you're doing now has been quite a journey. So tell me like, how did you get into freaking, how did you get into cooking and how did you like decide on making that? Well, it was always a passion of mine and, and I, I cooked at home from a very early age. I, uh, I come home from school and make myself you know, full on meals. I'd make myself pasta. I'd invite friends over and I'd make sauteed mushrooms and, you know, uh, toast points. And (laughs) so I always like, I started cooking really young. So that part was kind of a natural, um, direction for me. Um, my biggest hurdle was I was really shy. And so when I started working as a busboy, I was just terrified. Um, and I really liked the comfort of being back in the kitchen and the action of it. So I'm, I'm glad that I, I did both. I mean, I've waited tables too. I bartended, but I was always more comfortable back in the kitchen. Um, and to be honest, like I never went to culinary school. I just learned and I've worked in a lot of different restaurants. And even when I was a front of the house guy, I'd make friends with, you know, everybody on the line and the, and the chef or, and I just would learn. And, um, you know, once you get those skills and you get those techniques, you can really do anything. You can, you can cook any style of food. proteins vegetables you know it's and i just i'm passionate about it i just i love cooking and i love teaching um i love the camaraderie that that goes along with working in a kitchen um the energy um 
yeah. And I just, I just learned. I just never stopped learning. I still learn from people. It's amazing. <laughs> I fucking love it. So I, I fucking love it, man. So one of the things that I'm like listening to you talk and I'm, my jaw hit the floor when you said that you're shy. <laughs> <laughs> I know that usually does surprise people. <laughs> because... I compensate with my humor. Uh, which you are one of the funniest motherfuckers I've ever met. I got to tell you, <laughs> I got to tell you, even, even like, so you and I worked for just a brief period together. I mean, it was like maybe a year or less. Yeah. yeah I right? think our, our, uh, our whole foods was, well, yeah, whole, you know, at, at yeah. Dubliner and Pablo's. Yeah. That was, that was pretty short lived. Yeah. So, but you know, what's funny is that like you meet some, sometimes you meet people and then you just kind of click. And I feel like that, I mean, I could be speaking out of turn, but, but like for you and I, that kind of is what happened. Like we just kind of fell into this rhythm and I thought you were just funny as a motherfucker <laughs> and, and like, like your impersonations. And I still tell people about the freaking where's the beef shit. And like, I don't think there's anybody back there. <laughs> Yeah, and people are going to be listening to us going, "What the fuck are these guys <laughs> laughing about?" Not so many. Yeah, I got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let the cat out of the bag a little bit. <laughs> but Eric, for those of you that don't know, Eric is. I think for you also did stand up comedy for a little. Yeah, while. Yeah, right? I, I threw my hat in the ring for that. Yeah. Okay, so in my estimation, and I'm I'm. You know, culinarily speaking, I'm a good judge of talent, but um, Eric is Eric is one of the best impersonators that I've ever met. And he always we would be working in, in the back of, of freaking Whole Foods or when we worked at the Dubliner and, and Pablo's like and he just like turn around and, and spew off something. And like like Mike Judge, like freaking uh, what Mr. McVickers um, or like uh, or like the or like the fuck, or like the fucking where's the beef lady from you guys that are old enough to remember the Wendy's commercials. So it, like like it's one of those things that has stuck with me. And, and now we're I mean, we, it's been 12 years or something later that like that, like I still talk about that shit with people, even even in the job that I'm doing now. So that's fucking hysterical. <laughs> well, thank you, my friend. I'm, I'm glad I live somewhere in your memories. You more than just my memories, shit. Uh, we wouldn't if you were just in my memories. We wouldn't we wouldn't be talking right now. <laughs> Amen. So, um, yeah. So, so you're young. You're like cooking for your friends. You're at home. You're passionate about it. Um, I know too, just from working with you, uh, you had a need, kind of a little bit, if I recall correctly, of for like you are really adept or at least I remember you really being really adept at doing vegetarian and like healthy and clean cooking. So tell me about what, how that came about. Uh, and I, if you can expound on that. Yeah. Um, it, well, it kind of started with my parents to be honest, because, um, I, I moved out when I was 18 and, um, went to college, paid, paid my way through college, you know, work, working in restaurants and, um, my parents, um, I think I was probably 25, and uh, they became vegan. And uh, I remember going out to dinner with them and I was working in kitchens and it was very frustrating like to see that how unaccommodating <laughs> restaurants were to, to people that, sure. you know, didn't want butter and didn't want steak. And, um, you know, half the time they'd end up getting like, you know, oh, we have a pasta primavera. Like that was the most exciting thing that they could get offered. And I thought as a, as a chef, right. that was really challenging. And not, you know, I felt like that was an opportunity to start learning more. Um, and so I took, I made the, the, the first mistake I think a lot of people do. And I, I tried to make like meat substitutes. Um, so, you know, I'm like tofu chicken and, uh, you know, tempeh bacon. And, and it's not bacon and it's not chicken. But you can make, um, you know, vegan dishes and vegetarian dishes and just make them hold their own, you know. And that's, that's, that was kind of my, my vegetarian food epiphany. Um, and then, you know, there's been a lot of times in my life where I'm broke <laughs> and, uh, and veggies are a lot cheaper than filet mignon. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And my wife and I joke, um, when we first started dating, I would, you know, make dinner and, um, I did, I had cooked probably 90%, um, vegetarian and, uh, it's just cause it was cheap. <laughs> so I made, I made a lot of, uh, lentil loaves and black bean cakes and sweet potato cakes and 
that was my uh, and a really good salad. That's that's all you need. That's how you win a lady's heart. And did you tell her that after the fact, after you had already? Oh yeah, over I, I, and... if, uh, yeah, exactly. I didn't tell her I cooked that way because I was broke. I told her like I'm really inspired by vegetarian cooking. And... <laughs> <laughs> now, are you are you, so now? Are you still inspired by by vegetarian cooking, or would you take would you take like cooking, <laughs> a, cooking a protein any day? Uh, no, no, I I am. As a matter of fact, I mean we <clears throat> we're a big tofu house. Um, all, both my boys love tofu. Um, I, I cook it a lot of different ways. Um, and what's what's crazy is like there's there's nights where I'll make dinner and it just so happens that it's vegan or vegetarian. Like I don't really ever set out to like I'm going to make a vegan dinner tonight. It's like I make what's going to complement, you know, w- w- the dish that I'm making. So, you know, if I do a, a tofu cutlet um, you know, in panko crumbs, like sometimes if I have egg, maybe I'll do an egg wash. If I don't have egg, then I'm going to make, you know, like I make like a paste with Dijon mustard and, um, to get the panko to adhere. And sometimes I do that. And, you know, it just, I don't really go out with a mindset, like, you know, I'm going to make this vegan or vegetarian. I just, I make it taste, I make it taste good. That's my goal. Right. Right. You know, what's funny is, so you have, two young youngish children mm-hmm. uh preston and grayson if, if i'm allowed to say that yep. right, right so i you know i'm and i'm kind of in the same boat as you like i got I, my son van is going to be six in december and and our daughter elliot is going to be three in february so um we have found that elliot kind of has some I don't, we don't know if it we've done all these freaking weird tests and like we don't know if it's gluten or soy or freaking whatever but we've done all these weird things and and for the most part she operates better if we like her her digestive system operates better when i when i say she operates better she's not a fucking piece of machinery <laughs> um but but like like she sleeps better through the night and does all these things if we if we cut out gluten so like it's caused a whole you know me, you've known me like i i'm a freaking glutton for gluten like <laughs> I, I you know like give me bread and bread on top of more bread and pizza with with a side of bread and, <laughs> um it's caused us to do those things like and it was really weird when i came to salt lake and i started working for uh the last restaurant i worked with i started noticing that like in Mexican cuisine, like you, there are tons and tons of dishes that are just naturally gluten free. And I was like, started to open up my eyes to like, holy crap, like I can, you know, like I can do this for my family. So, you know, there's people that are doing that. And then I kind of be, I used to cuss my cuss heavily when people would be coming back and be like gluten free and this. And I'd be like, son of a bit. And now I'm one of those guys. You know, it's like like a big karmic smack, but but it was one of those things where I never. Then, like, I start doing it, and it becomes a natural part of the of like the working thing. And you're like, oh, okay, it's not it's not as outlandish or difficult or whatever. Well, it, yeah, and now I mean, it's you know, it's <clears throat> there's so many options. It's crazy. I mean, there there weren't you know lentil and quinoa corn noodles you know pasta available you know, 10 years ago so there's obviously become a demand for it so i think it's something yeah. that more people are recognizing that they might have an issue with gluten um you know it also falls in line there's a lot of different diets the keto diet you know pushes it's very low carb so you've got people you know in that world it's funny you say that too because my wife's been on this uh new diet and she's very it's very low carb so i've been experimenting um for her making different pizza crusts without any flour. So I've tried cauliflower and the the one I've been going with uh, that I've almost got it. It's pretty good. It's, I mean, it's not pizza dough. Don't get me wrong. It's not pizza dough, but it's a good vehicle to eat everything you would put on a pizza. And, uh, but I'm, I did a zucchini crust um, and I did one last night as a matter of fact, and um, it's really good. Yeah, nice. Nice. I mean, you have to get it out of your mind. It's not it's not pizza, but it's it's a great vehicle to eat everything else that you'd put on a pizza without having the dough. But really simple to do. too. And and there there's ones like so we found this one that they sell at one of the one of the big um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say I'll just say they they sell it at Costco or they used to sell it at Costco was like a a gluten free pizza. Mm -hmm. And when we, when, you know, my wife would be like, 
hey, let's get this, try this. And and I'm and she got the cauliflower one. And I'm like, the cauliflower, that's funky. Like I, for me, I'm like, it's not. And then and then there's ones out there like you go out to a, a place that has gluten-free pizza and you're like, okay, this is akin to eating like crispy dry cardboard and that I wouldn't want it if I was a kid. And then we found this one from freaking at Costco and it was fucking delicious. Like even like I, I'm like total gluten guy and I'm like, trying this pizza and i was like holy shit man like, like i don't know how they yeah. did it no there's some really there's some really good ones out there right now and yeah right. bob's red mill actually he makes a couple different mixes that you can get and you can you can kind of it's it's the it's like the flour base and then you can make your own and it's it's really yeah good too so. nice okay so we're oh man <laughs> What uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to think. I'm like I'm like racking my brain, you know, just thinking of like. So when so tell me about like your first. Um, you you started you have you were having fun with your friends. You you loved it, and then you you when did you like move full time from the kitchen? Because I know you had mentioned and know from knowing you that you had spent some time in the front of the houses doing management and serving and all that. When did you make the jump to like full-time back of the house? Uh, let's see, probably t- 2003, 2004. Um, I just, uh, in all honesty, I mean, I was always drawn to the kitchen and I always found myself like spending more time in the kitchen and, and, and uh, you know, dealing working really closely with the chefs and um i finally i was to be honest too i was really burned out <laughs> on on the front of the house and you know sure. working in hospitality you you take a beating and uh you know i'd already been doing it for 25 years and uh i found that the kitchen was a little bit of a safer place for me and um and so i made the move and it was a really easy transition for me and and uh and yeah, and I've, I haven't looked back since and, uh, I, I love it. I love, I love cooking. I still don't mind getting out and talking to people. I, I do like that aspect. Um, but, uh, yeah, my, my home is back in the kitchen where it's nice and hot. <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to ask you about something and you could tell me that's a, that's a no play zone or no fly zone, but you had, you had just said that you found that the kitchen was safer mm-hmm. for you. What do you mean by that? Um, I, I, uh, you can kind of hide back there, <laughs> you know, if, if you okay. don't want to come out and talk to a customer, uh, you know, you can, you can send, you know, your floor manager or you can send somebody, you know, else to go take care of it. Um, they were, yeah, I think I just kind of got the restaurant business is tough. And I mean, I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've had people, you know, scream at me over, you know, running 15 minutes behind on a reservation and you got to take it. And, uh, you know, after 25 years, um, and a lot of times too, being in the kitchen, I felt like I had a lot more control over the guest experience. Like as long as I'm making great food, they're not going to have as much to complain about either. Sure. So, um, that was always a, a good feeling, you know, kind of driving the reins, but, but it's just a different energy too, you know, being in the kitchen. It's, it's, and I always felt, uh, like kind of second fiddle you know when you're working the front of the house it's like the guys in the back they're the ones really creating you know the magic the food that they're putting out is what's is what's really like you know i think the biggest part of the experience um so yeah it felt it felt good to get back in there it felt natural and and uh and i just you know and i like i like i like the fast pace i love the energy um met some great people Uh, yeah it's my deal my jam your jam that's my jam um the uh so i don't know if you're like me and the fact that it's taken well i'll say this and then i'll kind of circle back but i don't know if you're like me in the fact that when i found that i could watch people's reaction to what i made them and see that like joy that was almost like drug oh yeah i mean it was like like it fed my ego and I just, I just needed more and more and more. And then I got to a point where I was like, okay, no amount of that is like going to make me feel good. It was like, it's like I'm a freaking heroin addict. Only, only knowing heroin addicts and never trying it and never being a heroin addict. But like, was, was, do you think any of that played into, cause you had said like, 
being able to have some con- more control over the guest experience. Do you think any, I mean, yeah. is there any similarities? Yes. To that? And I, I've all, I've always been a people pleaser and, and I've always, you know, even from a time I was a little kid, I've always wanted to make people happy. Um, and, and what better way, I mean, than serving someone an amazing meal. That's, that's like you said, that reaction you get, like, there's nothing better than, like a quiet table because everybody's eating and they're just enjoying your food so much. They don't even want to talk. Like I always think right. like when it gets really quiet, you know, we're having a dinner party and I look around and everybody's like just really enjoying their food. I'm like, Oh, that's like music. That silence is music because everybody's just so, you know, enjoying their, their experience and their, their meal that that's yeah. No, I totally agree with you. That's an amazing feeling. It's probably one of the best parts about cooking and, and being a good cook is, uh, that, that, that experience you can give to other people and share it with them. Yeah. I, 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 um, fuck man. I sometimes healthy though, the way, the way for, at least for me, like the way that I went about it, um, was, was slightly unhealthy at times. Yeah. But I think, you know, there's an interesting thing too, though. There's a, I think with, with you and I both, there's a, there's a pink elephant in the room. And um, I think it's the toll that restaurants take on, on you. Um, you know, I think for me, it changed when I had kids and uh, I didn't want to work every Saturday and Sunday <laughs> anymore. Sure. And, uh, you know, part of my kind of, even though I still stayed in the food industry, I definitely took a, a change in my career path. And um and a lot of that was just to try and have like a more normal, you know, Monday through Friday life. So I could actually, you know, be with my kids instead of like my life being with them on my phone. <laughs> right. Right. That was, uh, that was one of the, I mean, for so many years. Holidays and all that. Cause if you're working at a popular restaurant, people are always going to be where you want to, you know, they're going to want you cooking for them. And uh, usually those are the busy times. So you're, you're man in the ship. If you're in, if you're the one in charge, that's for sure. Oh yeah. So speaking of having a more normal life, um, tell me about what you're doing now. Cause I know you, you uh, took some time away from uh, you, you were at whole foods and then went to work, came over to work with me at the restaurants and then, and then, there's a space of time where we didn't really talk to each other very much, but when did, when you left the restaurants, did you go directly back to whole foods or what did you do? Uh, I, yeah, I did. I went back to whole foods. I, I, I've been with whole foods now since 2012. Um, and I made myself very mobile and I was able to move up pretty quickly. And, uh, I've been at the re I've been at regional level for the last four years and uh, so my title is I'm an associate culinary coordinator and uh, we have 30 bars in our six in the 60 stores in my region. And so myself and another guy, we oversee those bars. So anytime they open a new store, we, we open the, the restaurant. Um, we, I do all the training in the back of the house, um, you know, some res- recipe development, costing, um, all that stuff. So. It's still kind of a Monday through Friday job, but when we're doing store openings, which we did a bunch this year, and I, I think I traveled, I was gone 75 days this year. So it's been, uh, been a crazy year, but I, I still get my hand in the kitchen and I still, I still work in the kitchen. I still put on a chef coat and uh, which, which I enjoy. Um, so I still get to cook, but then, you know, when, when I'm back to normalcy, it's a Monday through Friday gig. Um, and you know, I have the weekends to be home with the kids and go to baseball games and all that fun stuff. So, so it's cool. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So take me to, so one of the things that I thought was funny and, and I don't know, if, like I talked about how I got started in like the freaking reefer and blammer back out with Flavio. <laughs> and, uh, do you have any like crazy stories? Like what's one of the, what's one of the craziest stories that you have? if you want to share, if you care to share, like one of the funniest things that you remember, or one of the, 
one of the toughest experiences that you've gone through for for people that might be listening to this and think, hey, I want to I want to do this or or, hey, I always thought chefs just did this and this. I mean, unfortunately, like the the nightmares are what really stand out. Um, I mean, I've had some (laughs) crazy experiences with guests. Um, I've waited on a lot of famous people. That's uh, always kind of funny. You mentioned Mike Judge. I, I waited on him. And uh, I couldn't tell if he was, like, messing with me, but he talks just like Hank Hill. And I, and I went up, and I was like, hey, you know, are you ready to order? He's, he said, I have a question for you. Is there some way I could just get a grilled piece of salmon with some mashed potatoes and some steamed spinach? Can I, can I do that? And I, I'm like, okay, you sound like, are you, are you messing with me? Or I didn't say that. I just said, absolutely, sir. And I took his order. But um, – but I, I did a catering once at the Long Beach Aquarium, and uh, they wouldn't let us use their water. And I mean, ju- I just like I've just had so many like wacky, crazy things that you know you just don't expect. Um, yeah, that's it's the restaurant business. I mean, yeah, I had uh, I had a guy choke in the restroom one time, and I had to kick the door in and um, <laughs> give him the Heimlich and. <laughs> and then he he came to and he was like he was like so embarrassed that he like uh wouldn't let i tried to call an ambulance and he wouldn't let me call an ambulance um uh another time i had the sink fall off in the restroom and uh <laughs> oh <my laughs> yeah it's, you know i mean yeah there's just so many like crazy things it's i caught a possum once out on the patio and the, the guys the guys in the kitchen wanted to cook it <laughs> and i'm like no we can't cook a possum in the kitchen <laughs> That, that would yeah that would pretty sure that all was, health, that was health uh, code breaking some regulations um, yeah <laughs> but yeah, oh, no hysterical. I mean it's been you know for a long time it was I I loved working in restaurants and I loved the energy and um, it's just yeah when I got married and had kids uh, my priorities changed and but uh, but no I had it's it's been an amazing part of my life I mean a, a wonderful experience and. It's, it's, uh, I've always appreciated that people are always going to eat. So no matter what happens to me in my life, I'm, I'm probably going to be able to have a job. <laughs> you know? And, uh, that's, that's right. a good feeling. I feel like I, you know, I'm a tradesperson who has a, uh, a very good trade and a very good, uh, you know, ability and that's cooking. And it's, it's been my bread and butter for a long time. Yeah, pun intended. Was that pun intended yeah. there, yes, pun intended. Or, or no pun intended? Yeah, totally. Really totally, good, really good butter. Totally and, uh... pun intended. <laughs> you gotta let that mixer go when you're making that bread dough. Because I tell you, really man, I've got, I've got my right? my pizza dough down, and I I don't even have to like I proof it, but I don't even have to let it. Um, I, I I can do it. I can have pizza dough ready in like two hours, and it's like really good. And my my key is oh, I make nice. a really loose batter, so I do like one-to-one flour and water and all and, and use a beater mm-hmm. i don't use the dough hook and um and then i add um probiotics like powdered probiotics and that yeah and it gives kind of that sourdough tang yeah Ooh. and then you beat it and then you add the salt at the very end because the salt actually halts the formation of gluten and uh but and then I add like one one extra cup of flour like right at the very end and then let it proof and dude it's like perfect every time. Yeah. I mean, wow, Eric, you're so <laughs> smart. How did you get so oh, smart? I just, you know, I, I read. Did you go to college? I did go to college. I majored in history. <laughs> did you graduate? Uh, no. <laughs> almost. Almost. I mean, are you like like? Almost, because I, I tried college a few times, and I'm I was just like, man. I, I was a senior. I made it all. I, I was, you know, the problem I had was by the time I was a senior in college, I was 22, 23 and I was already running a restaurant, and and I was you know leading people, and a lot of professors were very condescending, and I had a really hard time. I, I wouldn't say I had a hard time with authority, but. Like they, they wanted to, they treated me like I was in high school and I'm like, look, I'm an adult. Like, don't, <laughs> don't, you know, don't talk down to me. And so by the time I was right. a senior, I, I was, I, I, I had a hard time with uh, <laughs> a lot of my teachers. <laughs> Do you ever think about uh, going back? Sure. 
but I don't need it. I don't, you know, it's not like, it's not something that I really feel. If I did go back, I would probably go back maybe to take like some courses that I wanted to expand upon, like, you know, like a creative writing course or, you know, something like that, something that I would be interested in. I wouldn't really be going back just to finish my degree. Cause I, I, I often, yeah, I, I mean, I often think about that. Like I gave college a try on so many different levels and then I, I always have so much respect for people that, that are able to do that. It just blows me away. Cause I, I just couldn't, even to get as close as being a senior in college, I would be like, damn, for me anyway, it was, I, 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 well, we won't talk about that. You can always go online. Um, Yeah, I don't have the, I I would need to like, just focus all my energy. Like I'm, I have a very singular kind of focus sometimes and, or most of the time. So for me, it would be like, I need to have, be like, sit my ass in a chair and have someone (laughs) tell me what I'm doing. Um, so it was funny when we were corresponding about, um, doing this interview and then, and then some, uh, some of the text messages that were exchanged. So, um, Eric used to do impromptu, um, songs about (laughs) me (laughs) and one of he, he, I think he always felt that I used a little too much salt (laughs) or there was a few occasions where do you care to care, care to talk about, uh, Salt yeah, that was my, my favorite song. Uh, Matt would make Matt, Matt would make something. He'd be very <laughs> proud of it. Uh, Turkey Fraud Davila was one of his favorites. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I, I would taste oh, it. And, uh, it would it'd be a little salty, and so mm-hmm. I'd sing my little. I'd say, "Get off your podium! You're using too much sodium." And that was my my my, my tip to the hat that there was a little too much salt. <laughs> yeah well you know there was there was a couple and it was hard it was a hard adjustment for me to to go to work at whole foods to be honest because because of the way like that we had to well it wasn't about necessarily i i always was very aggressive with how i seasoned things i think and but thinking about how we would have to have stuff kind of sit on the on like the hot food island, you have to kind of dial that back because as the as the liquid evaporates, the yeah. salt is gonna, you know, the flavor of salt is gonna come through, and that was that was a yeah. hard adjustment. It's a very me. different style. It, it it it's a very different style of cooking. You've got yeah, exactly. You've got stuff sitting out. It's how, how you have to think how it's gonna look in you know a half an hour, and uh, you know it's gonna naturally yeah. reduce, and you're gonna keep it alive. Yeah, it's a it's it's different. What I thought about when food was going to look like in a half an hour was that it was going to be like in someone's <laughs> gut going, oh, man, that's that the was goal. That's the goal. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> um, not that, not that they're going to come and eat it a half an hour after I made it. Like I made it and then, and then the half an hour it was already being washed, the dish washed, hopefully. Yeah. Um, wow. Fun. This has been fun. Are you having? Yeah, time? I am. I know. I, 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 there's, there's a bunch of other things I want to ask you. I, I haven't really talked to you since you uh, changed professions. Well, ask, ask away. We can, we can flip roles. What do you want to? Uh, what are you doing? Are you like, are you a salesman? Or are you, you're, you're working for a, a meat distributor. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm at liberty to say the actual name of the company, but it's been a, it's a company that's. I would know it. Um, been around. It's yeah. I just I'm not sure as I as I go down the road of doing the podcast, I'm not sure what I'm allowed to say and what I'm not. So the company's been around for about 77 years. It is um, family owned and operated. I, I sell protein, so we do all all kinds of you know whatever chicken, beef, lamb, pork, uh, duck, you name it. You know we we try to do it. Are you middleman um, or are you processor? The, I, we are oh, wow. both. We do, we do, you know, we do a lot of, of box in, box out um, on certain stuff, you know, like, like there's certain items that we don't process, but we are very unique. Like when, so I got, I came to work at this new place because I was a customer at, at the, at the Mexican restaurant and my 
my like chefs would go in and place their meat order at 7 a.m. And I'm like scratching my head watching them. I'm like, so that that's for tomorrow? And they're like, no, jefe, that's para hoy. And I'm like, for, <laughs> for today? Like, like you're going to, and they'll be like, yeah, it'll be here before 11. And I'm like, you are in, what in the hell? So uh, we like, we do same day processing and delivering so like like some of my customers will call me up and say hey i need you know blah 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 ribeye bone in you know 16 ounce this and that and uh we're freaking taking their order and like cutting it we're getting it cut and processed and delivered wow uh, the same day crazy (laughs) so it, it it is crazy it is crazy and and uh you know we do all kinds of uh we're you know like um it just we we're very like I look at our company and I'm like, okay, from a sales standpoint and like a revenue generation standpoint, we're probably mid-sized. But when you look at the amount of people that we have, like about 50 total employees, and that includes like bookkeeping, freaking sales, delivery, and 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 our cutters. And like we have a few people that do <laughs> stocking and stuff. So it's, it's a small company consider, you know, to, to say the least, but like we're one of the leaders in 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 the salt lake valley as far as like uh notoriety and like people understand what we do like you you guys i mean you would know this for sure i don't know if you work with desert mountain uh meats the they're a Mm grass-fed company out of idaho and uh, they supply a number of whole foods i'm just not sure which region you're in rocky mountain so there's yeah so Desert Mountain, uh, Nyman Ranch, I know you're familiar yeah. with, um, you know, like we're, we're the only one in Utah that carries Nyman Ranch. Um, so it's, 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 what do you fun. Do? it's, and do for you, me, do it's like, that, do you have to like, I'm, like I'm, hit the streets and go, oh, wow. oh yeah, oh yeah. I hit the streets. I make phone calls. I, you know, uh, I got a couple of bones thrown my way at the very beginning from other sales reps that were like, <laughs> no, they were, they were no. <laughs> no pun intended there, but you know, a couple like, Hey, here's an account. Here's an account. Uh, kind of get me started. And then like, it's just been uh, about, you know, knocking on doors and making phone calls and, and uh, you know, the huge learning curve that, that goes along with that. Cause it was, you know, you'd have, I'd have days where I just feel like utter crap, you know, like, and then uh, someone, uh, my, my boss was like, Hey, why don't you go talk to these guys over here? This little, training program and they'll get you set up and and see if we can we can like really boost you up because i think you're going to be a rock star and i was like sweet so uh it was about you know i remember this guy called me up one day and he's like how do, how do you measure your success and i was like get new clients he's like, that must suck. <laughs> and i was like what he's like do you get new clients every day i'm like no he goes right that must suck and so uh he's like well why don't we just focus on doing these activities and so it's kind of like let my mind to be free to be more like creative with how I talk to people and like take the pressure off of like, I might not be able to help everyone or I might not be able to work with everyone or, you know, if they're just, if it's strictly about price for them, then I just become a number and I'm not, I'm probably not going to waste my time talking to them very often or like following up. So it's, it's been awesome, man. Like, like for my whole life, pretty much as far as like a professional, um, you know, I've been in the kitchen and, and it's never been Monday through Friday for me until, until this last year. So it's cool. been, it's yeah. Been when awesome. I saw you made the leap, I, I definitely understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the part, part necessity and part, uh, part, um, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, my company was going through some changes and, and they actually ended up, uh, there was myself and, and in front of the house director, I was the director of uh, back of the house operations. And they're like, we're, we're, you know, we're going to take a, a different path. And so it was like, okay, well, uh, let me put the feelers out. And, and I just happened to have a good relationship with this company. And they were like, why don't you, why don't you come over and cool. do this with us? Awesome. So yeah, it's been fun. What else you got for me? Um, that's it. I, I, I've, I've seen pictures of, of uh, Van. I haven't uh, seen anything of Elliot, but um, congratulations on that, on two beautiful children. Oh, thank you. Well, you're not even on No, media, I don't dude. want to be. <laughs> it's all your wife. I have a phone. It's all your wife. <laughs> if, you, if you want to get a hold of me, you can call me. Is it a flip? Uh, no, a flip I actually... 
Justin, I just got an iPhone, like probably like within this year. I finally told my wife, I'm like, look, I got to retire this. I did have a flip phone. It was a slide phone, not a flip. Oh, yeah. No way. Yes. I just I just got rid of it. That, how oh, many gosh, years old was like that? Five years old. Oh, still works. Why, why get a new phone if still works? Yeah. Well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much, so much you can do on your, on your, uh, no, it's your crazy. handheld computer. Yeah. That, no, it's like, yeah. Are, are, I, are um, you enjoying I, it? I do enjoy it. I do. I, uh, I take pictures. I, uh, I go on that thing, the, uh, internet. Yep. Oh, yep. I've, heard I've, of that. I've heard of that. Uh, <laughs> In fact, people may be able to listen to us a little bit Ooh, later wow. on the That's internet. Exciting. This conversation, we're taping this conversation. By oh, way. uh-oh. I didn't sign anything. So don't. That's fine. I don't have. You don't no, have a SAG no. card, do you? Or, okay. Then we're, all, we're in the clear. We're in the clear. We're in the clear. Well, shit, man. I'm going to let you go back and enjoy right, the rest I got, of your I Sunday. Have some, uh, I have some baby back ribs that I'm, I'm cooking. Yeah. I, I have a hard time finding wood. So I, I, I'm doing them in the oven. I'm cheating. That's not cheating. Yeah. It's fire. It, it's it's heat. I I in fact I have this old smoker, and I'm getting ready to. Don't talk about Hillary like that. Because it just it. it just, I don't think she ever. Hey. <laughs> no, no. I I she never did. She's a good girl. Um, but this thing, it's like a freaking double barrel. She is a good girl. Uh, great, great wife, great mom. Um, I wish I could say the same for myself. Not that I'm a mom or a, a wife, but that I was a good. Uh, a good husband and, and do what you can dad. do but maybe she would maybe maybe she would yeah, say that i don't bet know she would. um but but in but so i have i like and i just stopped using it as a smoker i'm like this it's too much of too much work too much of a hassle um it's too bad for the environment because it just worked you know like right now i'm like and Salt Lake Valley, if if you haven't noticed, like if you ever watch air quality throughout the country, like there's days in the winter time where like we have the worst air. Oh wow, quality it's in all the from uh, fireplaces and stuff. Yeah. Well, just the way we get inversion from like the Uintas coming down, and then just like holds the clouds in and like keeps everything in the valley. It, it's 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 pretty gnarly. It's the one. It, so far, it's been like the one drawback of moving here is that the that the um, air quality hasn't hmm. been like overall really good, but I mean, and, and it's not every day, but like, you know, like we've had a bunch of fires and so it's like you wake up and you're like smelling like a freaking uh, campfire when you walk wow. out in the morning sometime and you're like, Oh man, yeah, this is not very good. Yeah. We just had a bunch um, of fires to, um, right by me. Yeah. Well, yeah. We know how you growing up in Southern California, you know how it is. Um, but uh, I do, I do ribs yeah. in the oven all the time. I mean, yeah, wrap them up. Yeah, I got a, I just, I use a little, uh, little smoke pap. I use a little, little liquid smoke and then uh, some smoke paprika. That's yeah. the fucking <laughs> thing right there. Whatever. Yeah. Still tastes good. Yeah. But I do, what do you do? Like wrap them in foil, stab, no. you know, stab them, obviously. No, if, them if, if I'm in a no? hurry or if I'm going to like do them on the grill, I'll, um, I'll, put them uh put them in a pan uh with you know some beer some wine you know make make a rub mm-hmm. season them up like super super wrap them up really really tight with aluminum foil put them in a 400 degree oven cook them for an hour take them out but let them steam like don't don't unwrap them and then let them come to room temp and yeah. then when i'm ready to cook them i'll just throw them on the grill just to kind of brown them up um but if i have time like i do today um i Put a beer, a little liquid smoke, and then a dry rub with smoked paprika, and then just cook them really low and slow, two twenty-five in the oven for like five hours. Yeah, I found that then putting them on the grill after that, like I do, I do like to wrap them up, you know, whatever rub, and then like we'll stab all the meat in between the the bones, and then two twenty-five bone side up, we can. And then let them rest, like pull them out after like four hours, and let them rest for like an hour, and then, and then freaking put them on the, on the grill. Delicious. Too. So fun talking about <laughs> cooking. I love talking about I, food and I cooking. Oh, by the way, by the way, you called me and talked shit the other day. Philippe's, Felipe's, 
or freaking or Coles. <laughs> Philippe's. <laughs> Philippe's. Are, so have you tried? Uh, no, I've been to I've been to Philippe's. I haven't been to Coles. Well, your good friend Mark. He goes to a lot of Dodger games, and he oh, is a Coles. Oh, interesting. Guy. Well, I'll have to. So you have to yeah. ask. Mark yeah, he's that. he lives the life. <laughs> well, you know, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, I didn't get to go the la- when I was when I was down in Southern California. But uh, I did. I did have some good times with with. Yeah, sounded like good business stuff. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It's always it was really short, but. You know, sometimes you you get more time, and sometimes yeah, you don't. sometimes it's just being there. And sometimes you just talk to your friend over the phone and you <laughs> record it and then broadcast it later on the internet. Well, I hope this is your most successful podcast ever. <laughs> we will. We're gonna. We're gonna. We're just gonna freaking. This is the launching yeah, point. Maybe you can go right back here. and do some editing. Put in some laugh no. tracks. There, are, there was me laughing and you <laughs> laughing and me uncontrollably laughing. So cool. I think there was enough. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Me, my, the pleasure was all mine, buddy. Yeah. I, I, this and uh, yeah, I will yeah. be talking to you soon, uh, bud. I wish you great success. I'm, uh, I'm really uh, stoked to see how your podcast turns out for you. Well, we'll see yeah. what happens. We're just, we're just having, it's just about fun right now. And we're talking to guys, I'm mostly going to be talking to people like you and me that are just grinders and guys that like, you know, no one's ever telling our story. So we get, we get to, I'm going to be the guy that's going to bring the limelight to the nice. guys like you and me. All right, brother. Well, I guess I'll, I'll then we'll just I'll have sign fun off. doing it. All right, buddy. Have a great weekend. Rest of your weekend. Anyway, anyway. later, later. Welcome back, everybody, to Into the Friar podcast, Ramblings from the Kitchen. I am your host, Matt Hewitt, and I am super, super stoked to be bringing you my first interview on the podcast. This is what we, uh, what I said I'd be doing um, as we got a little bit further into it when I started, and I, I'm sure I made some mistakes and there's a couple of points in the interview I will tell you uh, where connection cuts out because we're doing this remotely. Um, the gentleman I interviewed today, good friend of mine, uh, talented chef, funny as all get out, and his name is Eric Nicewarner. So that being said, just remember, if you hear some funkiness in the interview, Um, We're doing this thing remotely. I'm recording in Salt Lake, and he's in Southern California, and uh, we're just going to let it it be how it is, because it was the first time, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Without further ado, Eric Nicewarner, everyone. 